The NAADNC is now advising black people to steer clear of Florida as hacks in the mainstream media call the Sunshine State a terrorist state for black people and lesbians. You really can't make this stuff up, folks, though I wish I was. I've got Congressman Byron Donalds on deck with his reaction. Then be sure to stick around as I give you my final thoughts on the Ron DeSantis announcement heard around the world. The show starts now. Another day, another shameless pandering and delusional race bait courtesy of the Democrats and their comrades in the fake news media. The NAACP decided to kick this one off with a bogus travel advisory for black people and other minority groups, claiming that due to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' aversion to porn for kids plus CRT indoctrination in schools, the Sunshine State is openly hostile towards African Americans, people of color, and LGBTQ individuals. And the fake news media was more than happy to pick up this BS, light it on fire, and spread it around like the trash lie that it is. Take a listen. I think it was extremely clever, um, and, and I really appreciate the NAACP's guidance uh, on this issue. You know, I just took my family to, to spring break in Florida recently, and I think about all of the folks who traveled there for sun and joy um, and peace and restoration, and to be reminded that actually this is getting to the point where Florida is about to be a terrorist state to, to many of us here in America, certainly as a lesbian, as a black woman. I don't want to have anything to do with the place. Um, and I think about all the other people who don't want to travel there either. And so I think it was very clever on behalf of the NAACP. I thank them uh, for issuing this broad uh, guidance. A terrorist state for black people and lesbians, huh? Weird because Florida's economy is thriving for all groups and races, thanks in large part to the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis. But I swear, if you really want to trigger a liberal, threaten to take away their unfettered access to brainwash and sexualize children because that'll do it every time. Also worth noting that Democrats consider DeSantis's approach of protecting children and their education to terrorism, but these same lefties have no problem with Joe Biden allowing actual terrorists to come across our southern border. But anyone with two eyes, two ears, and a brain between them knows what this is really about. This is about sabotaging DeSantis and marring his reputation. The Democrats and mainstream fake news media hacks are terrified of running Joe against DeSantis. Some folks will actually vote for a Democrat that is a human vegetable rather than a successful governor just because some hacks on MSNBC with the help of the NAACP and other activist organizations tell them he is a racist. They've had about eight plus years to lie about and sully Trump's reputation, and now they're ramping up their BS attacks on DeSantis in the same fashion. It's not even original and totally transparent, but sadly, on some folks, it'll work. Joining me now to set the record straight on this and more is Florida Congressman Byron Donalds. What a slow news day. <laughs> uh, pretty slow, but it's good to be with you, Tommy. So I obviously have to get into the biggest news of the day, and that is the announcement of Governor Ron DeSantis. We've been awaiting this for many months now, so it really hasn't come as a shock to any of us that he's entering the race. But I know that being that you are in Florida, you are a friend of the DeSantis family, obviously, but also very loyal to Donald Trump. I got to ask you how you're feeling today. Well, Tommy, a couple of weeks ago, I came out and I did endorse uh, President Trump. And, you know, it was a it was a tough decision. But what I really look at is where is America right now? What are we going to need? 
um, in the White House because, you know, everybody acknowledges and fully understands that Joe Biden's been a disaster for our country. And so we're going to need a president who can step in day one and get the things back on track. I think that I think that's Donald Trump. Uh, but with respect to Governor DeSantis, you know, he's done a very good job as our governor in our state. I've called him America's governor many, many, many times. And so now we're going to go into the primary process. Uh, and I think it's going to be a robust debate and Republican voters are going to make their their voices uh, clear. Now, I do want to make sure we say that this is in uh, direct opposition to what the Democrats are doing. The DNC and the Democrat Party is blocking Joe Biden. They are hiding Joe Biden from Democrat voters. They won't have any debates between him and RFK. There'll be no discussion of a primary process at all on the Democrat side of the aisle. They're going to put Joe Biden in, in a basement and just hope that he survives their primary process. So it's very, very different way we're handling this, we're handling this as Republicans. We're going to let our voters have the debate, hear the debates, have the primary process, and then we're going to choose a nominee and then move on to victory. I hope that you're right about that. I hope that our party can get through this primary process and remain somewhat intact. I think that's the biggest fear for a lot of us who love Donald Trump, but we also love a Governor Ron DeSantis. We would be happy with either one of them. We just hope that our party won't fall apart in the process. So we're all optimistic and hopeful that we can just have, like you said, a robust dialogue and debate and let the best man win. But you brought up Joe Biden. You know, he just said the other day that he thinks that he can win Florida because of Ron DeSantis and his blueprint for freedom. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that Joe Biden has a shot to win Florida in 2024? No, I think that's a flat out joke. Uh, once again, Joe Biden is not with the rest of reality. He's in some other netherworld. You know, he probably thinks it's still 1992. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Look, Florida has been trending red for a very long time. The Republican margin for victory continues to get to get bigger. There's no reason at all why I think Florida is going to go blue. But that doesn't mean we're going to rest on our laurels. Right now, you know, the, the Republican activists in Florida, they are gearing up for this presidential cycle. And the reason why is because everything Joe Biden touches has turned to crap. I, I made a comment the other day that the one thing that he masters in is creating crises that he does not solve. And he's done that in every every part of his administration. And so it's going to be incumbent for Republicans to, to come back to power in the White House and to fix all all the messes that Joe Biden has created. And Florida is not going to reward him. Florida is actually going to show him what we think of his presidency. And I promise you, it's not very good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I also think it's interesting that beyond just Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and the mainstream media, we now have the NAACP issuing a travel advisory for people of color as well as LGBTQ plus individuals to beware uh, when they come to Florida because apparently it's a openly hostile place for those groups. Now, I don't want to assume your race or your gender, Congressman, but you got you to gotta help out the ladies of The View as well as the NAACP because I'm not sure that they have been to Florida lately. And if they have, I'm not sure that they, uh, I don't, I'm not sure that they really took it all in to its fullest extent. Listen, what the NAACP did here was a flat out joke. 
This is stupid. Uh, Florida has the third largest black population in the country, third largest. They're not looking to move out of our state because everybody knows that our state, frankly, is better than the other 49. And for my friends in Texas, yeah, sorry, we're better than you too. That's just the reality. That's number one. Number two, and much more importantly, what they're trying to do is play politics. They understand that black men in particular are starting to leave the Democrat party and actually looking to vote more Republican. So they're throwing out this dog whistle. They're trying to gaslight black people in the country about Republican politics in Florida. Listen, in Florida, we left schools open so black kids could actually go and get educated. We didn't keep them shut out of the schools. In Florida, we allowed black business owners to continue to run their business. We didn't shut them down the way they were shut down in New York and California and Illinois. So if the NAACP is concerned about the plight of black people, they should be concerned in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in New York and in Portland, Oregon, and some other cities as well. That's what they should be concerned about. And uh, the ladies of The View, you know, they've really had quite the week already. Uh, it's only Wednesday, but I think they've done themselves enough damage. But to them, it's probably an accolade. They've gone after Senator Scott, you know, um, essentially calling him an Uncle Tom, right? They've gone mm -hmm. after really just any Republican premise, you name it, they've gone after it in the most disgusting way possible. I know that you've had your fair share uh, of time to discuss the ladies of The View, but... When the American people are watching these women and what they're saying, do you think that it is resonating, particularly when you have a white Joy Behar making comments about certain black Republicans not being black enough? Look, I think, first of all, the ladies at The View, they're paid to spew nonsense. This is why they don't have people on who can challenge their worldview and actually debate them. And even in the, in the, in the one instance or two instances where you have a conservative on that show, all they do is talk over that person so they can't even get a point out. So they're paid to, to speak foolishness. Do I think that it resonates with the people? No, I really don't. It might resonate with people who just love to watch The View all day long. But I mean, how many people actually watch The View anyway? What, a million? If that, it, I don't think that they actually are really getting the bang for the buck that they think that they really are. People look at Joy Behar's comments and they're like, she's ridiculous. Um, how is an old comic but who basically is going to educate me on what it is to be black in America. That's just dumb. So I'm not going to listen to her. And I don't think most people are listening to her or the ladies at The View for that matter. Oh, we certainly hope so. Um, that would be nice if people wouldn't listen to them. But unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of probably suburban women that are watching. So it's still an issue. That brings me to another discussion that's happening in our country. We've got so much going on, but we got the debt ceiling. Uh, alas, we, yeah. have to, we have to deal with that one. Can you tell me insider perspective, how that's going, what we can expect in the coming days and even week? Well, look, as of now, it, it doesn't look very good. There's no deal. That, I don't even think we're close to a deal, frankly. And this is indicative of something that Joe Biden continuously does. There is a crisis on his watch. He puts his head in the sand. He ignores it. He doesn't talk about it. And when it hits an apex, then he wants to show up and say that he's he's got the strategy. The reality is, is that he doesn't have any strategy. House Republicans, our position is clear. We want to cut spending and get back to pre-COVID levels so we can get the fiscal health of our nation back on track. That all makes sense. But let me tell you what the Democrats and Joe Biden want to protect. They want to protect these Green New Deal subsidies in the, in the Inflation Reduction Act. 
For them, it's okay to have massive tax breaks for these green companies who are all owned and run by rich billionaires on the left side of our politics. They love tax cuts for their favorite interests. But if you say we want to give small business owners a tax cut, then the left says, oh, people aren't paying their fair share. These tax cuts are going to cost $1.2 trillion over a decade. $1.2 trillion. That's what it costs. But you think Joe Biden wants to get rid of those in order to be able to raise the debt ceiling? They're screaming a bloody murder and saying no. And all this is about the Green New Deal. That's what it's all about. So House Republicans, we have a plan. And my, my message to the speaker and to the negotiation team is stand firm because the polling is now coming out. Six, and, six out of 10 Americans say that we should be cutting spending and, and we're going to raise the debt ceiling. They are saying that. And if you look at issue after issue, Joe Biden is severely underwater in his polling numbers. So House Republicans have a prescription and a plan. The White House is still not serious. I mean, but surprise, surprise, are they ever serious? And so my biggest concern overall is that we could potentially go over the, the debt ceiling cliff, if you will. Is that worth it, though, to go over the cliff? I know that this is something the Republicans have to confront every few years. It seems like whether it's one issue or another, going over the cliff, not making a deadline. And every time it seems like something gets done, and I think a lot of the constituents are upset the Republicans seem to fold and they seem to cave every time. I mean, a few years back, it was not securing the border, not funding the border wall. Donald Trump had to pretty much go nuclear and do it on his own in the ways that he could get something done. But I wonder if Republicans have the intestinal fortitude to hold firm or if maybe our messaging isn't getting out to the American people enough to allow us to do something like that. Well, actually, I believe we are going to hold firm. I definitely think it's the right thing to do. And also, I think our messaging about that is starting to resonate in different parts of, of the country. Uh, what I understand is that you have a lot of business interests who are calling the White House, telling the White House that they need, they need to hurry up and make a deal. I don't believe that us folding is in the best interest of the country because under Joe Biden, we're going to hit anywhere from 51 to $54 trillion in debt in a decade, in 10 years. That's not sustainable. So we have to be strong in our position. And I truly believe that the American people are with us in this. And the last thing I'll tell you about the actual date of the debt ceiling, this is coming from Janet Yellen. The same Janet Yellen who was wrong on inflation, the same Janet Yellen who was wrong about interest rates in our country when she was then uh, head of the Federal Reserve under Barack Obama, Janet Yellen has been wrong significantly more than she's been right. So if she's going to tell us the debt ceiling is on a certain date, what we are saying in Congress is she needs to show up and show us the math, show your work. Show us how you get to these dates and what your response is going to be after. Don't just tell me that it's about to rain outside and we got to come up with a plan. I want to know what her strategies are. I want to see what her homework looks like if she's going to tell us when the debt ceiling is at a specific date. What all that means is, uh, simply speaking, is House Republicans need to stand firm. As long as we stand firm and we stay united, we can actually win the day and help to get our country back on track even with Joe Biden in the White House. And I think completely unrelated, but also in some ways similar, I think that the way that conservatives, at least in the consumer public, stood strong against Bud Light 
and now are seemingly doing to Target and other woke corporations. It would be nice to see our Republican representatives like yourself and like others standing firm, because I think if we could all come together the way we came together and tanked Bud Light 30 percent, boy, we should be able to get a good deal for the American people and we should be able to win an election in 2024. I'm just hoping that we can take this momentum and realize that we do have more power than sometimes we even believe and march forward with whatever it's going to be, DeSantis or Donald Trump, uh, you know, Senator Scott, I don't really care. Any of them are better than what we currently have. Last thing I want to ask you is heading into what's going to be a difficult primary season. What is your advice out there to your fellow conservatives, the voting public, who are very conflicted right now, not knowing who they should support, not knowing what they should do, not knowing if they should vote at all? What do you tell those people that are apprehensive? The first thing I tell them is make sure you get out and vote. Um, if you don't show up to the game, you forfeit. And the Democrats do not want you to show up to the game. So you got to go out and vote. You got to make your voice heard. Number two, and this one might be even more important than the first point. This primary process is going to come to an end. Um, it looks like looking at all polling, your nominee is either going to be Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. But when this, uh, when this primary contest is done, we have to be one party. The Democrats do not care about who our nominee is. They just want to win. And what they're counting on is Republicans having this internal battle. We got to be one party, because if you look at the Democrat side of the aisle, they don't care who they put in. And if you don't believe me, I got two words for you. It's John Fetterman. They knew John Fetterman couldn't serve and do the job. They knew he had health issues and they put him in office anyway, and they did not blink an eye. So Republicans, whether you're a moderate Republican, a MAGA Republican, a conservative Republican, Tea Party Republican, social, social conservative Republican, doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we got to come together, be one party and go win back the White House because we have a country to save. We absolutely do. Thank you for all the work that you do and your leadership. We always enjoy your commentary, your hard work, and your steadfast resolve. Congressman, have a fantastic rest of your week and uh, have a wonderful primary season. We're going to need you out there with your voice. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Still ahead. Today is finally the day. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has officially entered the chat and the race for the White House. And my final thoughts are next. Tommy Lahren is Fearless is powered by 4Patriots. Head to 4Patriots.com and use code Tommy, T-O-M-I, for 10% off your next purchase. This day has been a long time coming. Governor Ron DeSantis has finally announced his run for the presidency in 2024. It's time for Final Thoughts, powered by 4Patriots. All right, folks, we knew this was coming, and now let the games begin. They call it faith because in the face of darkness, you can see that brighter future. A faith that our best days lay ahead of us. But is it worth the fight? Do I have the courage? Is it worth the sacrifice? America has been worth it every single time. So here's the deal. I, like many of you, am very conflicted right now. I'm a Trump supporter, and I've been one since before he won in 2016 and before it was cool to be mega. I've spent the good portion of my television career advocating for, defending, and hyping up Donald J. Trump, and I'm damn proud of that. 
I wish he was my president now. And yes, he has been royally screwed over and he's managed to win fights even when the fights have been very unfair. But he's also lost some battles and sadly a big war in 2020. Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, also a winner. The state of Florida is a shining example of freedom, of red state refuge, and proof that a conservative can win and win big, even amongst groups that don't always vote red. Ron did that. He did it the first time with the help of Donald Trump, but he did it the second time on his own merit. There is a reason Ron DeSantis is polling so high, and there is a reason the Trump team is nervous, whether they'll admit it or not. He's got a lot of W's in his column beyond just economic success in Florida. He's been on the forefront of fighting for education, on the fight to keep radical leftist indoctrination out of schools and libraries. He's also fought against illegal immigration while still winning with Latinos and Hispanics. That win in Miami-Dade in 2022 was huge. It says a lot. We have to be able to win in some urban areas. We have to be able to convince wary voting blocks that freedom and capitalism and conservatism is the answer. And Ron did that. He's also a dedicated husband and a family man, a veteran, and in the scheme of politics, a young man. We need all of those things. Those things don't just win on social media. They win with suburban women and they win elections. Folks, it is not a bad thing to have two great candidates vying for this nomination. It's a freaking blessing. Yet, I can't help but be reminded of the one time I pissed off Beyonce fans and the onslaught lasted for months. And I feel like Ron DeSantis is about to walk into the mega version of that beehive. And that's probably not super fair. But how he handles it will be very telling. My advice to him is to punch back, but very selectively. He cannot be afraid of Trump and he can't ignore Trump. I say this again as a Trump supporter and someone who knows damn good and well that Trump can take it and he will respect Ron DeSantis for having the guts to step up. This is going to be a battle and as much as I detest infighting, this is what it's got to be. This is our situation. I just hope both men can stay out of the weeds because I don't care if one of them eats pudding with his fingers or if the other eats Big Macs with his freaking toes. I don't care. You know what I do want to hear from both of these men? I want to hear how they plan to win Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Because we win those, we win the White House. We lose those, again, we will all suffer through a Joe plus Kamala or even a Gavin Newsom reign of terror. And by the time they get done with election integrity destruction tactics, we can basically say hasta la vista to winning modern day elections from here on out. My advice for Ron DeSantis is to set it up like this. If I thought Trump could win, I wouldn't be running in 2024. It's really as simple as that for Ron DeSantis. He needs to convince the mega crowd that he can win a general election, and he needs to hone in on that every single time he opens his mouth. This is probably going to get ugly and blood will be drawn, but my hope is that once these two duke it out, we can quickly tourniquet the hell out of the party and head into our next and most important battle, the general election. The Democrats have more than an election machine. They have an election wood chipper. So hold on to your mega hats, folks. This is about to get wild. Those are my final thoughts. Powered by 4Patriots, the best high-quality Rebel products on the market. Use code TOMMY at checkout for 10% off. From Nashville, God bless and take care.